Washington and Concord. There are thousands of uh, militiamen who've gathered on the common up in Cambridge, but they're all New England militiamen. So in order to give this cause a continental perspective, everyone immediately looks to the, to the South because then it would give it a national uh, character. And there's something about Washington throughout his life that people are confident in entrusting power to him. He inspires confidence. Uh, he's level-headed. Uh, he doesn't, he's not someone who becomes drunk with power. And also, he is somebody who understands that military power has to be subordinated to civilian power. And he does this brilliantly through the Revolutionary War. Remember, he has 14 masters. The poor guy has to deal with 13 state governors and this eternally squabbling Continental Congress. Mm -hmm. And so Washington's genius during the war is in many ways more political genius. He was not a great general, I discovered. He was not a great general. No, he was middling. He probably lost more battles than he won. There were a few major battles that he bungled either through faulty intelligence or poor strategy. But I think that this is that rare case in history of a, a general who what he did between battles was more important probably than what he did and on And what did he do between battles? Well, okay, for eight and a half years, he's running an army that is chronically short of uh, men, money, clothing, shoes, blankets, gunpowder. There are one-year enlistments. Every December, the army seems Starts to be over. on the right. verge of dissolution, and then he has to recreate it in January. So holding this ragged band of men together for uh, eight and a half years, he had to have been a very, very strong uh, leader and also a very, very inspirational presence. You, know, you have to understand, this is not the story of a general who was standing on the hill, you know, watching right. um, battles unfold in the plains. This was a general who always was right in the thick a battle with the bullets whizzing around him. Yeah. And who were his friends and who were his That's You know, it's adversary. an excellent uh, question. Washington was somebody who was naturally mistrustful. He had to know you a long time, and then he would gradually uh, lower the, the barriers. So Washington didn't have a lot of friends in the contemporary sense of kind of confessional uh, uh, relationships and heart-to-heart -heart, uh, 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 conversations. Uh, yet he forms a very, very powerful uh, friendships and alliances with uh, some of the other founders. Um, Madison is certainly an early tutor and advisor on the U.S. Constitution, doesn't get any better than that. And um, uh, Hamilton, who is aide-de-camp and effectively chief of staff during the, the war, uh, not only gives him, when Hamilton's Treasury Secretary, a brilliant theorist and a constitutional uh, scholar, but gives him one of the great programmatic uh, minds in, in history. But I discovered that Washington always keeps a certain distance between himself and people. Uh, power is very isolating and um, he was always ready if necessary to distance himself. What was in his character that made him famously not want to be uh, president for more than two terms and not earlier want to be king? Well, you know, this, it's an interesting story because he starts out um, as a young man who really wants money, status, and, and power. Right. But then he gets more, you know, fame and power than uh, any human being could possibly dream of. People don't realize, Charlie, during the, con during the um, Revolutionary War, uh, he's away for eight and a half years. 
He only goes back to Mount Vernon once for three days in eight and a half years. So mm. at the end of the war, he feels like he has really sac sacrificed the prime of his life to this war. He goes back to Mount Vernon just praying for a little piece of uh, privacy and tranquility. But then what happens, because of his stature, because people feel so confident and entrusting power to him, he's first pulled out and becomes the president of the Constitutional Convention. Uh, he does it very reluctantly. He very reluctantly becomes the first president. The office was literally his for the taking. In fact, he was unanimously elected mm -hmm. in the Electoral College. But he does it, and he says to his uh, closest uh, uh, friends, he said, I'm going to become president for a year or two, establish the legitimacy of the new federal government, and then I'm going back to Mount Vernon. Well, what happened was that uh, after a year or two, his cabinet said, we're in the middle of a crisis, you can't, you can't go home. And then there was one crisis after another, and eight years passed. And so if you look at the last 25 years of this man's life, um, almost the entire period is sacrificed to the service of his country. And then when he went back home after eight years? Uh, when he went back after eight years, this is a fascinating story because he was warned. In fact, um, someone said to him, you should get a special appropriation.